What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. We would also like to take the time to thank our great members. Uh, Without these members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do down here at York County Development Corporation. So members such as AgriProducts, York State Bank, York General, Community Title Company, uh, York Cold Storage, and Union Bank and Trust, uh, all great members that can help us or that help us do what we do down at York County Development Corporation. So if you're interested about becoming a member or learning more about our members, you can learn them at yorkdevco.com. That's yorkdevco.com. So we'll jump into our interview. Today I am joined up joined by an individual who grew up in north of York County in Clarks, Nebraska. Uh, they found themselves uh, at Amherst, uh, straight out of college, uh, working hard uh, with that wrestling program. Uh, his program went on to win eight state titles and have three uh, Class D runner-ups uh, in that 11-year period. So we are excited to have uh, Tyler here at, at York as a York Athletics Director. So I'd like to welcome Tyler Herman to the show. All right. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Right on. Yeah. So we'll jump right in here. We got a little fun little this or that segment. Just kind of uh, talking about, you know, different things, you know, just kind of unique things in, in the world. So um, first one is Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Pepsi, yeah. Uh, is that like the actual soda or are you like uh, just br- like I see you got a Mountain Dew? Like, you know, or do you drink... Pepsi products, or I don't drink pop a lot anymore. If it's, I, I like a just a regular Pepsi, but if there's a cherry Pepsi, oh, yeah, <laughs> with that, yeah, cherry Pepsi or cherry Coke, nothing better than yeah, that nice little cherry Absolutely. Pepsi, yeah. Uh, and then with March Madness and going on, uh, Duke or UNC, I'm gonna say Duke, just okay. Coach K, that's probably the right way to send him out with a at least playing in the finals, you know, and possibly a championship. So I'll go with I'll go with the Blue Devils, yeah. It's been exciting to watch his like last year and everything like that you know he's you know phenomenal legacy you know his last game it was exciting to see all his players you know former players come out and support him yeah that's been really cool uh sunrise or sunset i'm gonna say sunrise just because i'm not a morning person i wish i was but i would like to be the type of person that could get up early even before the sun comes up and you know see that sunrise on a daily basis and just get the day going so i'll say sunrise yeah yeah um so sunrise Next one's appropriate. Toast or eggs? I'm going to go with eggs. Eggs? Yeah. What's kind of your go-to breakfast, I guess? Um, you know what? Most of the time when I'm coming to school, it's like a, a granola bar or something. Like something quick. That, yeah. Something quick so I can eat it on the go or when I get here. But if we actually got time to sit down and eat, you know, bacon and eggs, bacon on the Traeger grill, I love Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, scrambled eggs or, or sunny side up so I can dip my toast in it. So omelets all that good stuff biscuits and gravy that's another one that's another favorite oh yeah definitely um cardio or weights oh boy um right now i'm doing a lot of cardio because i need to i need to drop a few pounds some winter but, weight yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah when i wrestled um both in high school and in college weight management was very important and you had to lose some weight to get to your weight class so back in those days i hated cardio because outside of wrestling practice, when you had to cut a little more weight, it was, it was the elliptical or the treadmill or the airdyne bike. So for, for a long time, for a lot of years, I hated cardio. 
and didn't do it for about 15, probably 10 to 15 years after college. But now I don't mind the cardio. I can jump on the treadmill. I, I plug in my headphones to my TV remote so I can watch something on TV while I'm walking. But if I had to say one or the other, I, I'm probably going to go with weights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you mentioned he- uh, headphones, podcasts or music? It just depends. Um, music, I'll music, music. Yeah. Okay. If I'm is, driving, I do like podcasts here and there. It is, you know, it kind of stretches out those long drives, yeah, making exactly. them a little more bearable. Just kind of kill the time, especially being an AD on the road, a decent <laughs> amount. So I do enjoy some podcasts. A lot of long bus drives. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, since you said music, we'll roll the next one: radio or Spotify. I'll say radio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a growing, you know, a dwindling, you know, there's yep. very few people I think would choose yep. radio. I, I don't mind radio. I guess that's what I'm used to when I'm driving the school vehicle somewhere. I've got, that's the only, only choice unless I pull a podcast on my phone or something. So radio is fine with me. I like Froggy 98, yep, yep. 98.1. So I'm a country music guy. And, and they, yeah, they, they do a great job. Yeah, definitely. Crew neck or hoodie? Oh, I'm going to say hoodie. Hoodie? Yeah. yeah. I like hoodies. Just some, something comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, card games or board games? Board games. Board games. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a great card player. <laughs> I never really have been, so I'm going to say board games. Yeah. Most of the board games I play right now with my young daughters are like... Candyland. Candy yeah. You've got... <laughs> Sorry. Land, um, shoots and ladders. Yep, yep. So I'll say board games. Yeah, definitely. Um, road trip or cruise trip? Like if uh, jump in the car or like hop in a boat, you know, do like a cruise to like the Bahamas, Jamaica. I've never been on a cruise ever. So I'll probably say not knowing what it's like, I'm guessing a a cruise would be a lot better than jumping in the car and and driving all over the place. So definitely. Yeah. Um, And then passenger or driver. So if you're in the vehicle. Oh, I've got to drive. Yeah. Like if I'm a passenger, sometimes I I almost get sick. Like I've got to, because I'm just, I'm, I'm looking out the window, I'm watching things I've got to be driving. Yep. yep. I'm, you know, I'm the same thing with you. If I'm not driving, then I'm asleep in the back. You know, there's none of this like, I'm going to be your co-pilot and have a convert. Yeah, I'm asleep in the back. Yeah. Most of the time I'm driving, so that's what I'm used to. That's what I prefer. Uh, art museum or a history museum? I'm going to say history. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not super uh, passionate about either. Yeah. If I choose one or the other, I'll say history. Accuracy or speed? Accuracy. Accuracy. Yep. Always better to be, yeah, quality, you know, quality over quantity or, yeah. Yeah. So better to be right. Perfectionist. So I'll, I'll say the accuracy part there. For sure. All right. Cool. So we'll jump into our interview here. Uh, so tell me a little bit about growing up in Clarks. You know, what was that like? What was the activities? You know, what kind of kept you busy? Yeah. So Clarks is about 40 minutes north of here, northwest. Um, at that time, when I was growing up, it was a population about 380 or just shy of 400. Now it's about 330. So like a lot of small towns, it's kind of population is getting smaller. Um, sports, involved in a ton of sports growing up, um, football, wrestling, baseball, um, the track. You know, even even though I knew I was going to wrestle in high school, my dad was my, my youth wrestling coach, high school wrestling coach. I still played a lot of basketball um, growing up. We did everything. And no matter... Whatever season it was, that was my favorite sport. If it was football season, favorite sports football. When it was wrestling season, favorite sports wrestling. Same with baseball and so forth. So tons and tons of sports. Um, and my friends were the same way. We, we were playing whatever it was. And that's what kept us busy. We'd get home from school. When we were in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, my, my house was a block from the school. So we'd, we'd have a football game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just what we did. It, it kept us busy. It kept us out of trouble. And, and we loved it. You know, we'd play football and, until it was time to go in and eat supper or until the sun went down. So um, tons and tons of sports. Um, 
you know, as far as like hobbies, did a lot of um, card collecting. Okay. Uh, football yep. cards, baseball cards. So every time we'd go to the grocery store, I was got to get a pack. Buy, buy a pack of cards. <laughs> and back in the day, I'm old now. I'm 39 years old. So back in the day, they had the, the sticks of gum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that were harder than a rock. And I think 99% of the time I threw the gum away. <laughs> it's just looking for the cards. But, and that was another thing a lot of my friends and I had in common is a lot of us would collect baseball and football cards. So we're always comparing who we got in, in the packs of cards, trading cards. And, and so there, those are some of the things that we had in common and things we did to, you know, as a group, as our, our friend group. Um, Anybody stumble upon some like highly collectible like things? You know, or anything? we always thought you know, we got a King Griffey Jr. or Joe Montana or something like that. You know, that, that was, you know, we're going to be rich someday. It's our $10,000 ticket. But then at some point, I think in the 90s, it was Tops or Upper Deck or maybe Bull started overproducing cards. Mm-hmm. And so there were so many of the cards that they lost value. You know, but when we were younger, you know, we thought. You still have very many of those cards? I got them all. Yeah. Yeah, but I still got them all. They're in a tote in my basement. You know, I haven't pulled them out for a long time. But when I was, probably from the time I was five until I was about 12, mm-hmm. I collected cards. And when I got in junior high and high school, I really didn't collect anymore. So. Those are good. Yeah. I mean, good memories kind of yeah. eventually, I mean, sure when the kids get kind of old enough, you know, to kind of understand that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pull those out. A lot of people, when I say Clarks, don't. I guess people in New York probably know where it's at, mm-hmm. but other people maybe don't because it's the Clark's High School is no longer in existence. It's now High Plains Community, Clark's and Polk Hordeville. Okay, yeah, that so, makes sense. Shortly after I um, was out of school, they co-op with Polk Hordeville and became High Plains Community. Okay. So, yeah, we were the Clark's Blue Bombers, a unique mascot um, for yeah. sure. But, yeah, we were, they held on as long as they possibly could. In my class, I had 10 kids from the time I was in kindergarten until um, graduation. I had 10 kids in my class. So those football games, I imagine you were playing with some, you know, yeah. a couple we of years all, older than yeah. you guys. We were yeah. eight-man football, mm-hmm. um, D2. Uh, I know my sophomore and junior year, we had 19 kids out. And you always have a couple injuries uh, or sick kids. I can remember sometimes we had 15 kids practicing, so we'd have a student manager with a hand pad. You know, Just on the line. As our, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then we got by. We, we got by. And the, the thing about that was is there weren't any breaks. Nope. There were about six of us. My sophomore and junior year uh, that never came out of the game. Every single special teams, offense and defense, you didn't come out. So explains your lack of car or your yeah, lack of love yeah, for exactly, cardio. Exactly. <laughs> so we a coach made us condition a lot because we had to be in good shape. So, but I mean, yeah, that only further. I mean, help. I mean, that only probably helped with your like wrestling conditioning and everything else. I yeah. mean, being in that kind of shape only helps. You know, so many other sports. Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned your dad was like, you know, uh, your wrestling coach, your youth wrestling coach. You know, how did he, you know, did he have a passion for wrestling? You know, did that kind of influence you? I guess, how did that level of wrestling come about? He had um, a lot of siblings growing up and he was the only one that wrestled. Um, He's a three-time state qualifier, state medalist as a senior. He got third um, back in 1976 when he was a senior and then got into coaching um, in, I think, 1982, 1984-ish. So his high school coach, Norm Manson, who just retired a couple of years ago after 50 years of coaching, dad was his assistant for 17 years. Um, dad's also been a head coach at um, a couple of different schools, Greeley High School, was my assistant for a few years at Amherst, and then now is actually the head wrestling coach at Pleasanton. Oh. So I believe he's been coaching 40, at least 40 years now. Oh, my goodness. Right close to it. So, yeah, he's been in the profession a long time. And, yeah, he's the one that kind of got me interested in wrestling. I started when I was five years old. Um, at that point, it was about a maybe a maybe a six week season at most, and we go to like three tournaments: the Clark's Youth Tournament, 
Central City was 10 miles down the road, mm-hmm. and maybe Columbus, that was 30 miles down the road, and that was it. That was the extent of our season. But he's the one that got me hooked um, from an early age. Definitely. And, and yeah, 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 that's good. And then, so you, you mentioned your dad. I guess what did your parents do for you know, work and everything? Kind yeah, of- so right now my dad is the head of an apartment complex in Grand Island. Mm-hmm. He's the head of facilities there, and he loves it. Um, a lot of flexibility, so it still allows him to coach. Um, he umps Legion baseball all summer officiates football in the fall so he loves that he has some flexibility to still do all those things that he love loves um, my mom works at buffalo county courthouse mm-hmm. um, so they moved to Kearney, i want to say back in 2014 so they've been there about eight years now so they don't live in clarks anymore um, but they were very instrumental in the things i did growing up getting involved in sports and obviously dad is my coach um he always pushed us very hard myself and my younger brothers and mom was when he'd have to get after us a little bit mom would be the one to swoop in and say hey it's okay you know you did your best and so it was a nice balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a really good balance um, between mom and dad. And they were at every single thing. Obviously, dad coached a lot of things I did, but my parents never missed an event. Whether it was mine or my two younger brothers, they were at every single thing that we were a part of. And so you mentioned they moved to, did they, you know, I don't want to say, did they follow you to Amherst, I guess? Or no, like, how did that kind of work out? At some point. Um, they wanted to get out of Clark's. Yep, exactly. At that time, um, myself and my middle brother were living in Carney, and my youngest brother was in Ord. So just a chance to get closer to everybody. Okay, yeah, yeah just puts them in the center of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Carney's mm-hmm. a, a great city, nice, clean, you know, totally. lots of things to do. So they really enjoy living there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, you went on to college, I guess. Did you always know it was college? Did you know, like, college was for you or you know, was there a debate? I guess, how did you, you know, kind of find yourself, you know, in, in at UNK? Yeah, so I knew I was going to college, it was just a matter of where. Um, so really... I, being a small town guy growing up in Clark's, I knew I wasn't going to go to a big college. Um, and I knew I probably wasn't going too far away from home. So I had actually looked at UNO. When I went there, I knew that was too much for me. I did not want to go to school in Omaha. Looked at Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa, mm-hmm. Doan, and then UNK. Um, thought about baseball at Doan, wrestling at Northwestern and UNK, and eventually chose UNK. So it, it was a great choice. You know, a, a great college, um, great uh, program, physical education program. I was a PE teacher at Amherst, one of the best programs in the state, if not the nation, um, for teaching and coaching. So, yeah, very, very glad I made that decision to go to UNK. Um, you know, what really, what really appealed was just the smaller class sizes. You know, you didn't get lost in the shuffle. Professors knew your first name mm-hmm. where you grew up. Um, you know, what I thought was really cool um is our ad at the time when i was there you know he's got a lot of athletes that he's overseeing a lot of programs when he'd see me in the hallway he, he called me by my first name and i was a pretty average college wrestler i wasn't the national champion or all american but he still knew who i was there was no reason so, you know you couldn't exactly. think of a reason for him to exactly. know your name but he you know he knew it yeah so that was the nice thing about unk is everybody knew who you were they cared about you they wanted to see you succeed and and ultimately it was a good fit for me mm-hmm and so um, you wrestled. So talk to you wrestled right while at UNK. Yep. So talk to me a little bit. You know how you know that co- collegiate wrestling. I'm sure there's a lot on your plate to kind of manage. I'm sure high school wrestling is way different than college wrestling. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. The biggest difference is the length of the season. So high school season is is three months. Of course, you're always doing some off season stuff, mm-hmm. but the actual season is three months. You get to college, it's a six month season. So we show up in mid August have about a week of classes to kind of acclimate to our, our classes and so forth. And then we would start our, our conditioning. Um, 
And those are early August. mornings, yeah. late nights. End of August, September 1, we had about a month conditioning. And then we get on the mat October 1st. So your season was the 1st of October till mid-March. Um, I remember the first week of just conditioning alone. We, they, they were hard workouts. And I was thinking, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Um, but then you get through it, especially that first year. I remember Coach Bauer, um, Mark Bauer was my head coach at that time. He's now the athletic director at UNK. Told everybody, told all us, all us rookies. He said, "Just give it two years, yeah, at least two years. If after two years you don't like it, then you can get out. But you got to at least give it two years." So that first year, um, the first couple of months were tough because you go into a college room. Pretty much everybody is a state medal, at least the state medalist and multiple state champions. So you're wrestling some of the best kids out there. That was the difference between the high school room and the college room. Is early on you're going to get beat up a lot. You're going to get taken down a lot. So going through some of those growing pains early on. Um, but it worked out well. I had a lot of good experiences. Um, got to wrestle in a, in a lot of cool places and do a little bit of traveling. And, um, you know, my my junior year, we were runner-up, um, national runner-up for the first time ever in program history. Won national duels for the first time ever in wow. program history. So we got to do a lot of cool things, um, be a part of a lot of cool things. And, um, you know, it was, it was a great experience. At times, like I said, it was tough. Um, but it was well worth it. That eventually helped me with my coaching career. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, that sacrifice and everything, yeah, it takes a lot. I mean, wrestling is one of those, I feel like it's a different type of animal as far as coaching goes. I mean, wrestling coaches, like, they live, you know, the wrestling. You know, you know you'll see a football coach, you know, hop in and try and do a drill. Wrestling coaches are doing the drills, you know, day in and day out. So that's like some, something kind of cool. So, you know, talk to me about, you know, f- arriving at Amherst and how you, you know, decided, um, you know, that that's what you wanted to, you know, that was the location you wanted to be at sure. you know, after you left UNK. So I was a K-12 physical education major and then had my coaching endorsement. So I, I knew I wanted to teach and coach, just not aware at the time. So going back to my UNK days, um, when I got out of wrestling at UNK, I still had some eligibility left. That year, I was our starting 57-pounder. I got fourth at the regional tournament, which regionals, regionals like districts here in Nebraska. you got to be a top four at your regional to advance to nationals, just like here, top four districts to advance the state. So I got fourth in my regional, but the thing that's different about college is if you have not wrestled a guy that got fifth, you have to wrestle a true fourth-place match. So, so to win, you so and yep, in the consolation semis to get in for third, I beat a kid from San Francisco State that was ranked seventh in the nation. I beat him in overtime. Got beat in my third place match. I had wrestled a kid that got fifth. Um, so he he beat me. So I was knocked out. And those four kids that uh, qualified out of my regional got first, second, fifth, and sixth at nationals. But at that year, I, I just did not enjoy wrestling for whatever reason. I had had enough. I just, I, I was, I was done. I was ready to move on and look in, in, and be a coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though I had eligibility left, you know, I was kind of right on the cusp of being a national qualifier and doing some good things. I just knew it was time for a change. My heart wasn't in it anymore. I wanted to shift gears and go into coaching. So I reached out to the head coach at Amherst. Um, and he said, yeah, there's an opportunity for you to come over and volunteer. It'll look great on your resume. You're going into teaching coaching anyway. Come on over. We'd love to have you. Um, well, he ended up leaving, took a job somewhere else. Did you have any prior connection with Amherst or was it um, just a cold just, call kind of? Just kind of growing up. You know, I, I came from a class D school and they were class D. Just more of an, uh, a cold call. So, okay. Hey, you know, I wrestled at UNK. Um, you know, I got some eligibility left, but I'm ready to be done. But I still have some schooling to finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, so why I'm going to school at UNK, you know, I'd like this to. This is what I want to do. Got it. So mm-hmm. head coach left. 
Um, and he said, our assistant coach is going to probably be the head coach. Well, he ended up leaving. So they're looking for a head coach. And here I am at 22 years old, called their principal and said, I'd like to be your next head wrestling coach. I'll go over for this. an interview. Um, and I got the job. Obviously, I'm not ready to teach yet. I'm still going to school. So at 22 years old, um, I was the new head wrestling coach at Amherst. Um, did that for a couple of years while I was finishing school. They had a teaching opening the next year. I was PE, but they had a science opening. They said, if you'll teach half science and half PE, we'll probably have a full-time PE we the teach. following year. So that's how I kind of got my foot in the door to be there for more, more of a long-term. So that's kind of where it all started. It worked out good because Amherst was 15 miles down the road. I was going to UNK and, and I didn't think it would end up being a long-term situation because I had no idea what they'd have for teaching positions. It worked out well for me. I was able to go there for 12 years and, and had a lot of success. So, so talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, your journey through, you know, Amherst, you were there for 12 years and had quite, quite a bit of success, um, with your program there. So talk to me about, you know, was that success instantaneous? Like, was there like some of that trend, like the, from the previous coach helping, you know, carry stuff over, I guess, what kind of was that like? Sure. So, uh, Amherst had a lot of individuals that did well to state tournament, but they had not won a team state title since 1978. So when I arrived in, in 05, the 04, 05 school year, a lot of people said that we haven't won a state title since 1978. Like we're ready to start winning again. You know, they had been seventh. They had been 12th um, before I got there. So not, not bad, but definitely not bringing home trophies from the state tournament. Mm -hmm. So the big thing was, is to change the culture, um, create some higher expectations, you know, get kids to buy into a new system and a younger coach. Um, and the first thing I noticed when I got there is the technique was kind of an older school technique. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's where my experience at UNK really came in handy is using some of that new modern technique I learned at the collegiate level and bringing that over to the, the high school level. Now it took time for those kids to buy in. Um, our first year, my first year, we actually were six at the state tournament. Um, and then that's when we started on that nice little run um, the next 11 years of either state championship or state runner up. So it took some time to get it going. It took some time to get the buy-in, um, but eventually we got that train rolling. So that you mentioned that yeah, that changing of the culture. I mean, I feel like that's such a you know, big undertaking. So, like, what are some of the things that you you know kind of implemented, or what you know steps did you put in place to kind of you know change a culture? And what kind of culture were you wanting to change into? I guess. Yeah. First of all, was just just how we practice. You know, when I first got there, the, the practices, you could just tell that they, they hadn't been really pushed and had some intense practices. So it was almost a college-style practice that I brought to the high school level. And so getting, getting that mindset change of we're going to practice hard. And when we're working on drills and technique, we're going we're gonna to work hard. It's not just when you're wrestling live. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so, so changing that mentality, that mindset, um, just training-wise, developing training phases, your technique phase, your training phase, and your peaking phase, and getting kids to peak at the right time of the year. So, so that was a big part of it. Um, and then just creating those higher expectations. You know, when I got there, it drove me crazy because kids were, were satisfied with a fifth or a sixth place medal at state. You know, and when I knew some of these kids had the potential to be state champions or state finalists. So shifting that mindset and getting kids to believe that they could do even better. And we could not only individually, but team wise, we could have something special here. And then outside of your season, your three month season, the off season work. You know, when you're when you're a wrestler, if you want to be at the best and be on top of the podium third week in February, you got to do some off-season stuff. So getting kids to buy into the off-season work, I mean, I also had to be there going mm -hmm. to off-season mm -hmm. tournaments, whether it's in Nebraska or out of state, the summer wrestling. So getting kids to buy into getting more mat time, more repetitions, um, 
all that took time, but that was kind of a shift in the culture where I saw things change. Did you end up like starting a like a more youth camp to try and get younger people involved or like, you know, what kind of steps did you take to kind of grow the program beyond just the ones that were already there? So the youth program is already in place. Um, I think the youth program in Amherst was started back in like 1988. Mm -hmm. So 95% of the schools in Nebraska have some sort of youth program feeding the high school program. But early on, it was just getting involved in the youth program, being there for practices. So that way, the terminology is the same. From it all, the, the jargon to runs the seniors. up. Yep. Absolutely. That terminology is the same. So whether it's myself or any of the dads that were helping coach, the terminology is the same. We're calling every move the same thing. We're showing it the same way. So just having that alignment from top to bottom was huge. So early on, there were a lot of, um, a lot of long days where I was teaching high school practice from 3.30 to 5.30 straight into a youth practice. Mm-hmm. But that's what it took to get the program to where we wanted to go. And, and it's important for the head coach of the high school program to be involved in a youth program in some aspect. What kind of led to you being, you know, that success, you know, having, you know, those those eight titles and 11 or three runners up and things like that. So what kind of, you said changing the culture, but, you know, what was the ultimate thing, you know, that kind of led to that that kind of success? I had some great kids to work with. Not that they were always the best wrestlers, but kids that were hard workers. Um, they were coachable. They were doing the things, willing to do the extra things to make themselves better. Um, they were willing, to, when I first got there, to, to believe in a 22-year-old head coach you know, and, and work hard. And so those were the biggest things is um, we weren't always the best team those years we won state, but we had kids, like I said, that would work hard, were coachable, continuing to develop and improve. And, and that's what made us better. We had a lot of kids that had losing records in junior high, and by the time they're in high school, um, they're, they're winning state medals and they're state champions. We've had kids that were, I can think of a couple of kids right off the top of my head that were three and 19 as freshmen and they were third stringers for us. And by the time they were junior and seniors, they were on the podium at state. That's uh, exciting. Yeah. Change. So yeah. that was the big thing is seeing that growth and development, um, with those kids being coachable. And when their technique got better is when they really jump levels. Um, that's where we saw the biggest gains with our kids is, is technically, um, strategy, all those good things. I thought that's where we were. We were better than others. Is we we got better from a technique standpoint. And early on in the season, um, there were some matches maybe we lost. By the end of the year, we were winning those matches. So. So did you see the program grow quite a bit over that? Like, were more kids wanting to come out for wrestling? And then how did you adapt to you know maybe only having you know ten or twelve wrestlers to now having twenty wrestlers? You know. Yeah. When you when you have success. People want to get excited mm-hmm. about that. They want to be a part of it. And so I had 14 wrestlers my first year. Um, by the time I left, we had 24. Now, remember, it's a small class D school, so we're, we weren't going to have 40 or 50. But that's but still a large. four was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were one of the smallest schools in class D when I first started. There was 72 schools in class D. We were 50th in enrollment. Um, so we knew we were going to have a lot of numbers. But just a, that success was huge because then you get the little kids excited about it. You, know, you got the shirts out there that we're wearing the Class D state champions. And our boys, our wrestlers would always order state championship rings. Mm-hmm. And the little kids see that. And then we started promoting it even more. When we'd have a duel or a triangular at home, we would have uh, get to use we'd have posters. Mm-hmm. We'd create posters. And we'd have, after the duel, our kids, our high school kids would sign them and autograph them for the little kids. And so they'd put that poster on their wall. Or we'd have a duel where we'd have, like, the foam fingers. So mm-hmm. in wrestling... 
um, it was the number two. You know, usually you see like a foam finger with a number one. It was two for a takedown. So when we scored takedown, the, the younger kids would hold up that, that foam finger with a two. That's really cool. Two. Yeah. So things like that to promote our sport a little bit more, promote our program and get kids excited um, was huge. And, and once we started winning and bringing home those state championship trophies and little kids would come down to state and watch the team or they'd watch the, the state finals on Nebraska or television, it just that excitement, it, it just kept rolling. And we, we created a lot of momentum. And when we got on a, a nice little run there of, you know, seven years in a row with the state championship, 11 years in a row total with state championship or state runner up. So that was huge. Once, well, like I said, once you see success um, at the highest level of the state tournament, it just. It's infectious. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, certainly. And like you said, I mean, I imagine, I can only imagine how many, you know, fifth graders you probably or, you know, people that were fifth graders and they're like, I remember you know, watching this guy wrestle when I was in elementary school and now I'm doing it. All these kind of surreal moments, I guess, if you will. Yeah, that's probably been, yeah, pretty neat. So how did you find yourself rounding out, you know, your time? You know, you got your master's. So you knew you wanted to kind of go on to like an administrative role. You, did you just find yourself kind of bouncing off the ceiling in Amherst or, you know, did you know you needed to move out to kind of go up or what, what did that kind of look like? So I, I still really enjoyed coaching um, when I got out of it. Actually, it took me a couple of years. The first couple of years out, I was like, ah, you know, why did I get out? Maybe I need to get back in it. But my, my 10th year at Amherst, I had finished up my master's degree in 2014. And I knew at some point, if something opens up, um, an administrative, administrative position that I'm really interested in, I'm probably going to go after it. So I'm at my 12th year there, 2016, um, a dean of students job opened up at Kearney High, and at that time we lived in Kearney. Um, the plan was for the to do that role for a couple of years, and then an assistant principal was going to retire and take his position. So I did that for one year at Kearney High, and let me tell you, dean of students is a lot of discipline, a lot of student discipline. And I I soon realized being a small town guy growing up in Clark's, going to a Class D Amherst, and then going to Class A Kearney High. Um, it just wasn't a good fit for me. Yep. I mean, you just probably didn't have. The, you probably just didn't have the experience dealing with the yeah. sit, having that discipline. I yep. mean, it, it was it was new to me because mm-hmm. we didn't have discipline issues at Amherst. It, it was dealt with. I mean, yep. there was it was dealt with at home. Yep. It was dealt with. Yeah, you didn't have yep. a principal. Yeah, there were a lot of great kids at Carney High. A lot of great kids, but there are there are a handful, or more than a handful, I should say, that you know the challenging backgrounds. What exactly? Mm-hmm. And so lo- those were the kids I was working with on a daily basis. So about two months in, I knew. I need to get back involved in athletics, not necessarily get back into coaching, but I've got to get back involved in athletics in some capacity. We don't want to leave Kearney, but if the opportunity presents itself, we got to look into it. So January came, um, Gothenburg's assistant principal AD and moved into a principal position there. So I applied for the job at Gothenburg, uh, got the job um, as assistant principal AD there. So we moved to Gothenburg in the summer of um, 2017. Um, was in that role for two years. Absolutely loved it. Gothenburg is a great place, great school district, great community. Um, but this job in New York came open. So my mother-in-law lives in Omaha. So we were making the trek down I-80 to Omaha um, quite a bit. And every time we drive by York and the, the water balloon. Um, <laughs> water tower the, the that water, there. Or the, yeah, the not water balloon. Um, hot air balloon. Hot water. air balloon. Water tower. Um, you know, it was always there. So obviously everybody knows where York's at. And we always thought, you know, ideally this would be, it's a great school district, a great community, and just a great location. So we thought if this ever opens up, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna seriously consider an AD job at York High School. Well, two years down the road, the job opens up. Um, get offered the job, and then we come to York. And like I said, there for a lot of reasons, 
progressive school district, progressive community. When you look at that time, you look on Twitter and you just see all the great things going on within the school district. I thought the administrators, the, the teachers really did a great job. The coaches promoting all the positive things going on in York in our school district and selling that to everybody else. Um, a great place to raise a family. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me is not only a job that's ideal for me, but where's going to be a great place for my four daughters. So ideally, um, we, we came to New York and moved in the, the summer of 2019. So almost three years now. It's crazy to believe it's been three years already. Um, and, and it's been a great move. We absolutely love it here. And so I guess kind of what kind of took you aback, I guess, when you, because I mean, you mentioned you've, you're, most of your exposure to York was driving by on the interstate. So kind of, you know, when you came in for the interview, probably learned a lot, but you know, what were some of those things that you know kind of took you back or kind of blew you away about the community? Just uh, obviously I did my research ahead of time before I came for the interview. Like I mentioned, just the, the presence on social media and all the positive things that were going on within the school district um, definitely was, was pretty darn impressive and got me interested in the job, first of all. And then the day of the interview, meeting, meeting the teachers, meeting the school board, meeting the, the rest of the admin team. I'd known Kenny Loosevelt previously, mm-hmm. but meeting the rest of the admin team, just impressed with, with who they were um, as people, what they had going on here, and just the possibilities and the opportunities that York High School and York Public Schools in general creates for the students. So a lot of attractive things that, that um, definitely stood out. And when I left that day, I remember thinking, if I get offered, I'm taking this job. It's, it's not that I didn't like Gothenburg. I loved Gothenburg. Had York not opened up, I'd probably still, still be in Gothenburg and probably see there until I retired. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get offered to, to come to a place like York, you don't turn it down. And so you, you, know, you made the offer. You know, you've been here for the last three years. How have kind of the last, I mean, the last three years have been really weird just in general. Um, but I guess how have these first kind of three years here in York kind of been for you? Oh, I'll tell you what, they've absolutely flown by. Like, I cannot believe it's been three years already. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the, the end of that first year was interesting with COVID. Um, it really threw a wrench in a lot of things. I thought the year was sailing along pretty good, and then here came COVID. And, and, 2018 turns to 2019, yeah, and then the world, yeah. Just changed things tremendously, but we worked through it. We got through it. I think we're, you know, back to closer to normal now. Um and definitely it's it's been a busy time for sure i think that's part of why it's flown by so fast is um, being an activities director and assistant principal it's busy a lot of nights a lot of weekends away from home um, but i enjoy all of that you know i enjoy the watching our, our activities programs and watching our student athletes and our coaches compete and 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 just uh, the amount of success that we've had in the last three years is obviously york's had success for a lot of years mm-hmm. um going way back, but just seeing some of the things that our programs have done has been really exciting. And so um, these last three years, and so where do you see kind of, you know, what kind of things do you want to accomplish? You know, I saw, I just saw on the school board where we're, we're adding girls wrestling and high school bowling. So what are some kind of um, other programs that are maybe out there or where, where do you want to refine, you know, our athletics? Um, yeah, just share a little bit about that. I think right now we're in a really good place. Um, program wide we got a lot of successful programs that are doing a lot of really good things and even those that are you know maybe not winning state championships or competing in state tournaments or are, are we're, we're competitive that's what mm-hmm. every single team we have here at york high school is competitive um, no matter what whether we're young experienced um, and like you mentioned the addition of two new sports is very exciting um, right now winter wise the only sport we have available for our females are is girls basketball 
So the addition of girls bowling and girls wrestling gives those students a couple more opportunities to choose from and get involved. And that's what we want. That's the, the main goal of your activities, programs, education-based activities, is get your kids involved, participating, learning those life lessons. So boys and girls bowling, um, girls wrestling, there was strong interest. Obviously, at the, at the with bowling at the club level, um, great numbers. So we knew we're going to have, if we add this, we're going to have a lot of kids interested, a lot of kids participating. Girls dressing wise, we did a survey to kind of see what we might have interest wise, and those look really good too. And the nice thing about those those sports is they're growing statewide and conference wide. So conference with bowling, we've got now five of the nine schools uh, have girls and boys bowling. Wrestling wise, eight of the nine schools oh, wow. ha- have it now. So obviously both NSA sanctioned events, so you have state tournaments. Um, televised state tournaments so yeah we're really excited now the next part is it's been approved building some schedules yep you know yep. and all that good stuff and kind of figuring out other other pieces of the puzzle for sure for sure so, yeah you know that's it's exciting um you know now some work to be done to get ready for next year but it's exciting that we're going to create some more opportunities for our kids yeah and then uh you talked a little bit about scheduling you know that's one of your roles i know some of these people listening may not be 100 percent familiar with your role as an athletic director so share a little bit about you know what's your month to month day to day week to week kind of you know season to season kind of look like so during the day it's kind of a mix of assistant principal and activities director duties obviously when you know 330 hits it's it's full ad mode mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know game management supervision of games the preparation so as I mentioned before, there are a lot of nights and a lot of weekends where, where I'm gone. I'm either hosting an event here at York High School or somewhere here in York or down the road, you know, watching our kids compete. So it's busy, especially the fall. The fall is fast and furious. we got about six sports going on. Um, the winter, we don't have as much going on. I guess now we will with some addition <laughs> to some sports. There's not as uh, not as many sports, but it's still, it's still fast and furious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, get a couple weeks off in between each season. Um, but the, the fall, the winter and the spring sports, there's, there's always something going on and it's not just, um, the competition that I'm at. So there's days where we don't have any competition that night, but I'll pop in the practices and watch our kids and our coaches work at practice. And I enjoy that part of it too. Just kind of pop in. It's not evaluative. It's just, it's just getting to see the good things our kids and coaches are doing. So it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, but you know, I always tell my kids, I don't, I don't ever say I'm going to work. I would say I'm going to school because for me, it, it doesn't feel like work. It's a job I really love and I really enjoy. And, and I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like work. It's fun. It's a passion. So you mentioned the value. I mean, I imagine as long as students are, you know, a program has, you know, students are performing well, you know, things like that. But what kind of go, what kind of things do you look for, you know, in a coach to try and like, you know, standards that they should be meeting and things like that. Obviously, like you said, we want them to be competitive, but there's a lot other bigger things, you know, especially at this level to be learning about sports. And so kind of talk to me a little bit about you know, how that kind of works out. Yeah, absolutely. We want our coaches to be relationship builders, be able to connect with our kids. Um, you know, winning, winning is fun, but we're not always going to win all the time. So we got to have those relationships and those connections. And then also we got to be teaching our kids life lessons through participation in our sports and our activities. That's what high school education-based activities are all about, teaching our kids those life lessons of what it means to work hard, uh, to be a good teammate, to be coachable, how to deal with adversity, all those important life skills our kids are learning through participation in sports. And our coaches do a really, really good job of being intentional about teaching those life skills. Yes, we're focusing on winning a game or winning this competition, but 
here are the things we're learning in the in the process. So that's exciting to see too. Um, that's one of the most rewarding things about being a coach is is those connections you make, and then down the road, five years, ten years, fifteen years down the road, um, is is making or still talking to those kids that you coached and, and having those relationships with them. So definitely, definitely. Um, cool. So we'll jump into kind of some last little thing, rapid fire questions here, kind of round out our interview. Um, a favorite smell. Is there like something that comes to mind when someone says a favorite smell? I would say, um, any type of like scented candle or scentsy that's like a vanilla. Okay. Flavor. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird probably, but anything like a vanilla, kind of aroma all right yeah does that just like is there like did your mom used to cook or something or what about like i don't know why i just like i like to smell like a vanilla okay yeah yeah. so uh a favorite season uh is there a time of year um you know with a lot of sports and things like that i'm sure your all your seasons are kind of dictated by that but you know what's one that kind of maybe you know sticks out for you you know as much as i enjoy being at all of our activities and games i summer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just because it's a little it's downtime and it's time for me to spend some more time with my own kids with Mm -hmm. my four daughters with my wife Um, we get a chance you know usually in july to get out of town you know we go to the henry dorley zoo or we'll go to the college world series and we'll do those types of things just to get out of York for a little bit and do something different, just kind of an escape from everything. So definitely the summer when, when we've got a little more family time. Definitely. So I imagine, you know, in the summertime you get a day off. So what's your favorite, you know, kind of thing to do, you know, in that day off, either by yourself or with family or one or the other kind of what, you know, what, how do you like to spend your free time when you can get I, I just love spending time with my daughters, whether it's out on the swing set, the trampoline, playing Barbies, um, playing catch, what, whatever it might be, whatever it is that they want to do. Board mm-hmm. games, we talked about board games earlier, whatever it is what they want to do, just because there are so many nights and weekends during the school the school year when I'm not home. So to be home with them and whatever it is that they're interested in, they want to do, I love Let's I love do it. That. Yeah. Absolutely. And so what are the age ranges, I guess? You got yeah, nine so to like two, it looks like. We got, uh, so my oldest is uh, 17. She's a junior. Okay. And I have an uh, eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. Wow. So yeah, so you got the yep. you're all you're in every school. It seems yep. like yeah. Yep. So they, they keep us busy. They keep us on our toes, and, and I love it. They're involved in um, obviously our oldest is involved in track and cross country here mm-hmm. in high school. Um, eight year old and six year old are both involved in gymnastics. Discover gymnastics here. Good. In town. Yeah. Eight year old's also doing um, some softball this summer, fusion softball, and then our three year old just kind of dabbles in whatever keeps her busy. Pretty much whatever. Chasing the sisters yeah. are doing. Whatever yep. the older sisters are doing, that's what she wants to do. Last night we had the. Uh, I think it's the little tags basketball hoop out shooting hoops. So, heck yeah, definitely. Uh, a favorite restaurant you have here in York County. So when like friends or family come and visit, what's what's a place where you gotta you know take everyone to kind of go? Yeah, this was a tough one because a lot of good restaurants in town. But I'd say our favorite is probably La Casina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if my wife and I don't have a lot of uh, date nights, I guess you would say, or time away. But if we do get one here and there, that's usually where we go. And they do phenomenal down there. I mean, you know, uh, before the remodel, it was awesome. After the remodel, it's only gotten better. So, yeah, yeah I really love it down there. Yeah. They do Food a great is job. great. And Consistent. service is always awesome. And it's quick. Yeah. Oh, it's so quick. Yeah. yeah. Borderline fast food almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a favorite memory here in York County. I know you've been here for three years. And so um, there might be a few or, you know, what, what kind of comes to mind as like a favorite memory over these last three years? Yeah, that's tough to pick one. Um this is probably just going to be a general answer. And I would just say it's all of our sports and activities, being able to go watch our kids and our coaches compete. You know, I, I, I do love that. I enjoy the heck out of it. And 
you know, it's, it's why I enjoy my job so much. Um, it keeps me busy and it keeps me going, but I would say just being able to watch all of those, those competitions, the kids and coaches compete is, is probably, um, if I can't narrow it down to one, just overall, that's what I enjoy. Certainly. Uh, and then the dream vacation, something that maybe you've, uh, maybe you've already been on this dream vacation or one that you've kind of got locked in the books for the future. What's, you know, what's something that you look for what a vacation you'd look forward to? Yeah, boy, that's a that's a good uh, good question. My wife would probably think this answer is pretty lame because any of my dream vacations obviously involve sports, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. sort of sporting event. Um, you know, I would like to kind of involve sports and maybe uh, a nice beach location. So I would probably say like Myrtle Beach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, a nice place to go. And then if I'd go, I'd probably time it so it's like May. So it's, it's nicer there. So you get in the ocean and, and do some swimming and so forth. But then I go watch a Coastal Carolina baseball game. I say catch a baseball so game. That's yep, what my wife yep. would probably roll a ride right now. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that's just – that's how – that's what it was growing up. Was, vacations were kind of involved some sort of sporting event, whether it's Husker football, mm-hmm. College World Series, um, going to Omaha Royals. Basically, now it's Omaha Storm Chasers. It was the yep. Royals then. So I don't have – like I don't really have a desire to go to, to Cancun or – you know, Jamaica, I just want to go find somewhere, maybe a beach, like I said, some nice weather and, and go to some sporting events. So. You can go to that Bahamas basketball tournament over yeah, there. Yeah, the there you go. Exactly. That would be a good way to kind there's of. Usually, isn't there a Bahamas Bowl? I feel like there's a yeah, football game. Yes, yeah, there's Bahamas the, Bowl now. Hawaii yeah. Bowl and stuff yeah. like that. So there's some good destinations for college football bowl games. Or I even, guess, so. you know, like uh, college basketball, you know, you catch, yeah. you know, uh, those out in Hawaii, the Hawaii tournament or yep, whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's some good options out there. What's a, a favorite candy bar? One that you you it's always locked in the locked in the drawer or you know always available. What's what, what do you got? You know I don't eat a lot of candy anymore, but I would say, do you remember watching McCallits? Never remember the name. Yeah, yeah so I don't think I've ever had them. They're still out there. You don't see them advertised a lot, but I used to love watching McCallits. Um, but if it's something, you know, you don't really see them at the concession stands and stuff. And sometimes my my supper is whatever at the concession stand. <laughs> yep. Uh, but my go to usually is the Snickers. I can only imagine the number of hot dogs and popcorn. Yeah, too many hot dogs and Snickers. And you almost got to keep track one year just to kind of as a joke, you know, so that way you can like throw a statistic around. I want to know, but yeah, it'd be a lot, a lot of concessions. How many sodas drank? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) bottles of water consumed. Yeah, Uh, a favorite county or local event. So, like, you know, over these last three years, is there an event that pops up on the calendar that you're maybe you anticipating? Whether it's York Fest or you know going down to. Uh, McCool for one of their community celebrations or the county fair. What's something that kind of uh, stands out as a favorite event? I really like the salute to educators. Uh, yeah. That's all the chances are put yes. on by the chamber of commerce. It's just, it's an awesome event. I love it that they recognize um, those of us that are in education and they do a fantastic job. Madonna and crew of just putting on a, uh, an awesome event. And it's just kind of nice. You, you come in, you buy your Apple tickets and you got the drawing. And of course I never win. <laughs> I feel like Dr. Bartholomew always wins something pretty cool, but I don't, I don't I have not won anything yet, I guess, but it's kind of cool. The drawings and the things mm-hmm. that they give away and all the donations. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, and everyone from, you know, all walks of business, all walks of business, you know, come to that. And so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's the cool thing is it's not just educators that come, it's everybody. And so we enjoy that. Just the conversations we have with everybody, you know, across the community, no matter where they work. And, and I, I, that's a pretty cool event. It's a pretty special event. So, I would say that's that's one of my favorites. Certainly. Perfect. So um, rounding out the interview here, we got uh, What's Making Us Happy, just kind of a fun segment. 
uh, talking about the good in our lives since there's some doom and gloom always it seems like in the news um, for me we just finished up the uh, York high, or the York uh, the YCDC uh, high school regional career day which was very exciting we had 30 um, you know professionals you know come out and speak with over 190 students from across nine different schools and probably four or five different counties so I mean it was a pretty big event and it just goes to show how many people in this like community really care about the growth of our or our next generation to be able to you know give four hours out of their day and come and talk about their profession and and how they you know want people to you know enter that profession and stay here locally um, you know it just makes me very happy to know that we have a very support supportive community around us absolutely and what about you what's what, what's going on in your world what's making you happy you know a couple of weeks ago we just had our spring break mm-hmm and it was nice just to kind of recharge the batteries after a busy winter sports season and kind of get rejuvenated for, for a spring sports. But being able to spend time with family, you know, it was what, four or five days just kind of away from everything. Um, getting to spend time with my wife and my kids and, and my, my brothers and my family and my brother. My youngest brother was out through to Colorado, okay. which is almost Utah, mm-hmm. like 10 hours away. And he just moved back to Gretna uh, the week before that. So we got a chance to see him for the first time in a long time. And and so that was that was kind of that was nice. So it's nice to have everybody close again. You know, he's in Gretna, middle brothers in Grand Island, parents are in Kearney, um, my in-laws are in Elgin and Omaha. So it's nice to have all, all our family close again. So it's just nice to have that family time and, and be able to do some things um, outside of the school building. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. Cool. So uh, I just want to thank you again uh, for taking the time sitting with me for almost the last hour now. Um, and so I certainly appreciate that. Um, I appreciate uh, all of our uh, members once again, uh, some members such as Cornerstone Bank, um, Nebraska Public Power District, Henderson State Bank, Overland Ready Mix Company, Copes Odie, uh, and Midwest Bank. Once again, all great businesses that help us do what we do down here at YCDC. So, Tyler, I'll let you close out the show with a quote. Uh, if you got a favorite quote or words of wisdom or if there's you know activities that you know we need to plug or anything coming up, um, feel free to... Uh, share what you want, and the floor is yours. Sure. I just say um, no quotes or anything fancy like that, but i just like to say this is, this is an outstanding school district. Um, I love working for your public schools. I love being in this community. I, I love my job. I love being an assistant principal and activities director. And like I said before, um, I don't ever say I'm going to work. I say I'm going to school. So um, I enjoyed talking with you today about some of those things within my profession, and it's kind of nice to, to really, uh, relive the past a little bit. I guess the good old days growing up in Clark's and even some of the good college days at UNK and, and coaching at Amber. So, you know, th- those are things I haven't talked about or, or thought about for a long time. You know, usually you're living in the in the present and looking ahead to the future. So it's kind of fun to go back and relive that past a little bit. So I appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you, Tyler. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.